And welcome, Hoosier fans, to another, I don't really want to say victorious episode of the Assembly Call, because the reason why we're meeting, of course, this emergency episode of the Assembly Call uh, is that a very big announcement was made today in Bloomington, a somewhat unexpected uh, announcement was made today in Bloomington, and that announcement is that Archie Miller has been fired, relieved of his duties by Scott Dolson, Indiana's athletic director, uh, after yet another uh, season without the NCAA tournament, you know, and and I was exchanging texts with many people last night about just the disturbing and disappointing irony of, you know, Kelvin Sampson getting ready to coach games in Assembly Hall during the NCAA tournament while Indiana watches on. Uh, and wow, Scott Dolson has moved on. Archie Miller has been relieved of his duties, and we are going to find out what comes next. For the Indiana University basketball program, I'm Jared Morris. I'm here with Andy Bottoms. We will probably have some other folks coming on to join us. Uh, but this news hit, and we decided, you know, that's our that's the niche that we that we provide here to the IU basketball community. Is that as soon as important things happen, like games, we just hop on and react to them. So that's what we're going to do right here. We appreciate you being here, uh, and let's start reacting. Um, Andy, what was your initial reaction when you saw the tweet from Jeff Goodman come down? Because he is the one who broke this news. Uh, I think the timing was pretty surprising just that it was as, as fast as it was um, from a more micro timing perspective. I liked that it was in the middle of the day so I could hop on at lunch. Um, so that was that was appreciated <laughs> as we tried to cobble together uh, who could be on. But um, yeah, I, I think I was I, I was surprised it was this soon I, to, to believe that uh, it wasn't going to be a strong consideration. I think all of us knew that it would be. I think it would just things move pretty, pretty quickly and it. Um, as you piece together some of the other you know things and reports that are coming out, it sounds like Dolson's been at least reaching out to candidates for some period of time, depending upon what you um, what you look at. And I think being able to secure the buyout that was the big um, you know the big conversation piece. But I think if there were enough people who wanted it to happen, I don't know that that was a a huge concern. Um, obviously, it's a big number, and I think that was the easy talking point. But I think if you had enough people who were um, up in arms about it as had become pretty clear they were, um, then that, you know, the mountain to get to that, that amount of money wasn't maybe as big as people thought, but being able to turn around and secure that that fast, make the recommendations and go, I thought it was quick. Um, but I think if you're, you know, Dolson, I think you have to be, you have to look and say, if you brought him back, even under the guise of financial reasons, what, what is the legitimate path forward? with the way things were going. And I, yeah. you know, we had had some conversations about this, uh, you know, off, off of the show. And it was pretty hard to craft any kind of believable story that suggested you'd be able to turn things around. So yeah. I think in that regard, it was necessary. And, uh, you know, once you've gotten the funding piece, then I think you're, uh, you know, he was able to make the move pretty fast. Yeah, he was. All right. Let's bring in here, Rick Bozich from WDRB. Uh, Rick, can you hear us? I'll hear you. I got to put my White Sox hat on. I wasn't ready. I wasn't dressed for a video. So. <laughs> Neither was I. I had to go run and like throw a shirt on and try and do something to my hair real quick. I don't think anybody was quite expecting something to happen this quick. Although, you know, I think the necessity to do something bold after another down season, a lost season with Archie Miller and the prospects of really just kind of a hopeless offseason, who knows what's going to come, you know, next year. That clearly weighed heavily on Scott Dolson because he moved. And we haven't read his statement yet. I will do this after that. But, Rick, I wanted to get your initial reaction to Archie Miller being relieved of his duties. Yeah, I'm surprised, but it was the right decision. Um, 
I think you guys agree with me. When he was hired four years ago, it was pretty universally acclaimed from non-basketball people, from basketball people, people at IU, people else, elsewhere. He was the right choice. He was a good choice. But in four years, it just wasn't working. It wasn't working on the basketball court in terms of uh, the offense and just the striking struggles they had in terms of not being able to score, not being able to shoot the ball. It wasn't working on defense, which was supposed to be the calling card of the program. Um, and it wasn't working in terms of, you know, mojo or vibe or whatever, where uh, the fan base, and I've followed Indiana basketball really since, you know, the early 60s. I don't ever remember it being this toxic. Uh, he really had, I'm talking about people of all generations who follow IU basketball and and not just people I know here in Louisville or Southern Indiana or in Bloomington or Indy or Chicago, New Jersey, wherever there are IU fans, uh, I don't I don't think there was anybody who thought that there was a way to turn this around. So I um, I applaud Scott Dolson for being decisive. Yeah, boy, he sure was. Do you have any sense? You know, obviously now the next step is, okay, who's next? You know, what's going to happen? And, you know, from Scott Dolson's statement, he said he's not going to hire a search firm. This is something he's going to lead. You know, he's obviously got his trusted circle of folks that he's going to lean on. Uh, I saw, and I don't know who to credit this to, it might have been Jeff Borzello, might have been Matt Norlander, maybe it was both of them, talking about how quietly over the last couple of weeks, Indiana has been reaching out to potential candidates. Um, so, you know, what sense do you get about maybe who they're targeting, what a timetable might be for, for when we could know who the next coach will be? Yeah. I mean, I think most of the names are pretty apparent. I mean, if you're talking about guys who are readily available, that would be John Beeline or uh, Thad Mata. Uh, we've heard those names. Um, you know, if guys who are coaches now, you're going to hear Chris Beard, uh, you're going to hear, um, Nate Oates. Um, you're going to hear uh, Scott Drew, who Pat Forty raised a couple of weeks ago. You're going to hear Dane Fife. And then, of course, there's the one name that everybody is going to mention that I wrote about and got more clicks than anything I've written in a long time, and that's Brad Stevens. And <laughs> <laughs> Nothing can happen there uh, until, you know, late May, early June. Indiana could wait that long if it has any kind of assurance that he would actually come. Um, and, you know, you hear people say he's told people he's never coming back, you know, to college basketball. He doesn't want to recruit and all that stuff. But, you know, I, I'm not sure that's accurate because one of the guys who was saying that was saying Indiana wasn't going to make a move from Archie Miller just uh, 36 hours ago. And Stevens is in Boston. And Boston, his situation isn't as bad as Archie's is at Indiana, but it's somewhat similar in – they have high expectations. He's been there now eight seasons. He hasn't gotten them to the NBA Finals, and they're going backwards this year. Uh, and so it, it wouldn't shock me if Brad Stevens said, you know, I need to at least consider this. Yeah. I would say that that discussion point has always seemed ridiculous for a few years, but it does seem now, you know, your article, just other things that you kind of hear, you know, talking to people and stuff. It's it's certainly not probable. It's certainly not likely, but it's not laughable. Like it's it's something reasonable to at least consider that they will certainly pursue. You know, so you know whether whether it actually happens, who knows? But I don't think it's quite the you know. Let's just not bring this up or laugh each other off the show if we bring it up. Like there's there could be something there. So well, I think that they were this decisive he must be fairly confident he knows he's going to get somebody who's going to, you know, please the fan base, which is not an easy thing to do. Yeah. Uh, but he, 
you can't make this move and then um, what, what you can't do is make this move and then have it at least be perceived you're getting your third or fourth choice. Right. And that's right. another good reason not to hire a search firm because search firms, in my opinion, are the number one leakers. They tell their their guys in the national media that who's getting considered so they can drive up their price and help them get an extension at wherever they're at. Yeah. To be clear, I think Brad Stevens coming is extremely unlikely. Don't don't hold your breath. I don't know but about it's... extremely. I'd say it's it's unlikely, but you could say the same thing about I've had a, a guy who I trust who's friends with Scott Drew who said that Scott Drew coming is extremely is extremely unlikely. We've heard people say that, you know, Chris Beard is extremely unlikely. So you could say it's extremely unlikely for a lot of these guys, but um, I, I think that Scott Dolson, you know, being in the job now for what, nine months, uh, making a move like this and then making a move he made, made last week with Tom Allen extending his contract is a good sign for Indiana that he gets it and he's listening and he's aware of what's going on out there and he knows that he had to make a change. It's a family affair today. Alex Bozich from Inside the Hall also joining us. Uh, Alex, I'm going to sign off, guys, because I got a commitment to a radio interview. Cool. But Rick, thank uh, you for joining uh, us. Thank Appreciate you for having, us, having me on, and I'll I'll watch this later. Yes, All right? thank you, thank you. All right, Alex, your immediate reaction to Scott Dolson moving on from Archie Miller. First, I got to make sure the server stays up, right? That's that's got to be the first immediate <laughs> thing. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, it's uh, you know. I thought a lot about this. We texted a lot about this, Jared, over the last couple of weeks. I didn't think they were going to make a move, but I mean, you look at just kind of where everything was in terms of the fan base. Uh, I, I just don't think there was a path back, right? I, I, it's, it's not to say that I don't think Archie Miller, uh, I, I don't think he's a bad coach. I don't think he's a bad guy. I mean, I think he was a little bit in over his head in terms of what it takes from a PR perspective to lead a program like Indiana where outreach and connecting with the fan base is a, is a big part of the job. But when you look at just kind of what it would have taken if you bring him back to get people back on board, it, it wasn't going to happen because he's had four seasons to show that he could take them uh, just to the tournament or win a couple games and he hasn't gotten there. And now you think about bringing him back for a fifth year realistically he was probably going to have to finish in the top four or five in the big 10 and go to the sweet 16 or better to get people excited again about the program. And there's no indication that he was ever going to do that. So, um, you know, Scott Dolson, obviously you should be thanking whoever's, uh, this philanthropic, uh, donation, whatever it was, uh, for, for kind of taking care of the money piece of this. But I mean, realistically, uh, while, those on the outside may think, oh, that's a little bit of a quick trigger. Those of us who have lived this now for four years and have covered this program and uh, know the passion from the fan base to want to be a great program again, understand that it was just an untenable situation moving forward and there was really no other choice uh, at the end of the day, I, I think, for Scott Dolson. He knew that if he brought him back for another year and then things didn't go well, all of a sudden he's on the hot seat too, right? It's not just Archie Miller. Uh, this was kind of this shows this this shows to me that Scott Dolson really cares about Indiana basketball being relevant again. Because if he would have just kicked the can down the road and said we're going to try this one more year, you know that that wouldn't have happened at Kentucky. That wouldn't happen in North Carolina. You know, if you want to be considered a blue blood program, a program that really cares about winning, 
you have to show uh, that you're going to do whatever it takes to win and, and getting rid of the guy uh, like they did. I mean, I think that's basically what they're showing. Yeah, you know, look, and I want to make something clear here before we get too far down the road on this show. Like, there is a tone of enthusiasm and excitement here because I think we've all been desiring a new direction. And a lot of us who have been hosting the show have made our individual opinions known on what we thought about the the coach and the direction of the program. But, you know, I'm the son of a coach, and it's I never want to celebrate someone getting fired. You know, even when Blow is softened by a big buyout and Archie is going to be fine, he's going to get another job, and, and, you know, I think he'll go on to be successful at a better school where he's a better fit. Um, you know, a guy still got fired, and I think it's important to say, and I think I speak for everybody here, that, you know, that we wish him well, him and his family. Um, it didn't work at Indiana, but it didn't work because of – a lack of effort because of anything untoward. He wasn't doing things wrong off the court, didn't have a spate of off-court issues. The success just wasn't there. And I think the personality fit at a program like Indiana just wasn't there. So this is a good day I, you know, for Indiana and for getting a, a new direction. I think ultimately you know, it may end up being a blessing for Archie too you know, to be able to find a place where you know, I think he'll be a better fit. Um, time will tell on that. But um, you know, but I just want to say that because a guy did lose his job and we appreciate the efforts that he put in and there's no, you know, kind of, you know, you know, celebration in terms of that, but it is a celebration of Indiana basketball getting a new direction, which it really needs. You know, earlier today, Penn State, you know, hired Micah Shrewsbury or was announced they're hiring Micah Shrewsbury from Purdue. You know, and I went and looked at the stats and for the last five years, you look at the, the Ken Palm ratings each season. I mean, Penn State has been a better program than Indiana for five years. That can't happen. And when that is the case, you've got to get new leadership because I don't think there's anything systemic or, or institutional about Indiana that, 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 that prevents Indiana from being better. You just got to get the right coach. <laughs> you got to get the right fit. And so now Scott Dolson has a chance to do that. Uh, let's bring in our own coach, uh, Coach Brian Tonsoni. Coach, uh, your initial reaction to uh, Archie Miller being fired today? First of all, I quick setup here. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, sound um, good. <laughs> in, in my classroom. Um, you know, as a coach, you never uh, like to see fellow coaches uh, be let go. But as a good friend of mine here at school, uh, who also was a football coach, said there's two types of coaches, those that are fired and those that are going to be fired. Um, you're, you're in this business to do, um, do a job, and that's to win games. Uh, and sometimes good people don't win games, or sometimes knowledgeable basketball people don't win games. And I think this is a situation where Archie got here and he, he made a few decisions and those decisions didn't pan out and it snowballed. Um, and, and I was a big, big supporter um, for Archie and I liked his approach and I thought he was just a ball coach, but it's, it, it was obvious um, here at the end uh, that there was a huge disconnect um, with the outside the program and inside the program as well. And once it gets inside the program, you start losing games and, uh, I don't know if the losing the team thing is something I can say from this far away. I, I'm not there all the time, uh, but you just saw it. Uh, TJD yelling in the huddle uh, was caught on film. Those things started to really cement to me uh, that this was a, a direction that um, that Indiana probably needed to go. It was always going to be for me a financial situation, the COVID year and the money. Uh, what, was that going to be enough? But um, Archie will land on his feet. Uh, I've been through it. Uh, I'm still, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> okay. Uh, I've been let go a couple times um, for uh, a lot less reasons than Archie let go. But um, <laughs> so the darn school boards. But our, I think it was needed. Um, and I came to that about six weeks ago. Um, 
and just kept it to myself as a fellow coach in Indiana, not advocating for other coaches to be fired. But it was something about six weeks ago that I felt needed to happen. And I applaud Scott Dolson for caring enough. And now I'm excited again about basketball where last Wednesday I was not. So, Alex, I guess this is a question for you, although, Jared, you came back. But um, I guess there was probably a similar sense of enthusiasm for Crean being let go because I think there was – you know, similar feelings where people had said, what's the path forward with this kind of what, what you had talked about. And you, you really couldn't tell yourself a story that, that things were going to go there. So what, what do you think needs to happen differently in this case, as Dolson goes out and tries to figure out who the, the successor will really be this time around, what needs to be different this time to prevent us from four years from now, having the same conversation again? Well, if I had the answer to that question, Andy, I, I think I, Scott would probably get me on the line immediately so I could tell him who to hire. But what I'll say is this, is that I think there's a there's a there's two things that Indiana needs to get. They need to get a really good coach, and they also need to get someone who understands the job of being the Indiana basketball coach. I think at times Tom Crean was able to fill both of those roles. Um, he was good at some t- sometimes in terms of coaching – uh, wasn't consistent enough in terms of the PR perspective. I think for the most part, he got it uh, at, at different times. But with Archie, you know, what I saw was just a guy that only wanted to coach basketball. And that's fine if you're winning at a really high level. Uh, if you're winning a lot of games, people aren't going to say anything about that. But um, I, I saw nothing in terms of promoting the brand of Indiana basketball. I saw nothing ab- about uh, promoting. Um, are connecting with the fans, building any goodwill with the fan base. So I think, you know, it, it's a tough, it, it's a tough job in that, you know, the spotlight is always on you. It's a fishbowl for sure. That's what people like to call it. I mean, you know, if, if you're the coach at Indiana, you have it rolling. I mean, you're the most, arguably the most recognizable figure uh, in the state. So it's a great opportunity, but I think you need someone who can handle the pressure of being evaluated and, and being looked at closely at all times. And so I, I think that's really what they need to to get right. They need to get somebody who understands the magnitude of the job, kind of what it takes from a leadership perspective, because there's a lot of demands being uh, the coach at Indiana basketball that extend beyond just coaching the team. And I don't think Archie Miller successfully ever embraced a lot of those things. And I think that had a lot of, to do with towards the end, there was no connection with the fan base with him, right? They didn't know him as a person. They didn't know um, – what he was about in any way. And so there was, once he started losing uh, a bunch, you know, people had no emotional connection and they were ready to just get rid of him. Now, you know, I, I think there's a little bit more grace and a little bit more understanding if you've built a relationship with the fan base and they, and they know you. Uh, that's, that's one reason, Jared, we've talked about, you know, they, they need to do a better job of getting, letting the fan base know the players, right? They just see him as yes. a player on the court and 100%. then, you know, when somebody starts missing three pointers, it's well, let's rip this kid. Well, if you knew kind of what he was going through behind the scenes, or if you knew his story, then you may be a little less likely to do that. So I think they, like I said, they need a really good coach. Which, you know, we thought Archie was a really good coach. I still think he probably goes on somewhere else and has a pretty good coaching career somewhere else. Maybe that's just not, uh, you know, the same level as Indiana, just in terms of the expectations and kind of what it demands off the court. But they need someone that understands just the job is is not just coaching basketball. So we'll see. I mean, I I, I think, I mean, 
I don't know. I have a lot of thoughts. I mean, I haven't really, <laughs> I haven't really come up with like a list of guys. I mean, I have some in the back of my head. I don't want to just start throwing names out randomly, but I think there are some some coaches. That's out what there. Twitter's for, Alex. You can throw yes, out random right. names on there. Yeah. Not, not for this I, though. That's. <laughs> and I also think you have to get a guy that's done it at this level, right? The, the time for experimentation is over. Um, you you got to make sure you're getting someone who's not a. Um, we'll, we'll see how it works out. You need to have somebody that uh, is ready to go and ready to put together a roster for next season and is ready to win because it can be done. So I think, you know, this is an interesting time for, you know, folks like us to, to do not necessarily some soul searching, but to kind of reflect on things that we said and thought when this hire was made. This hire, as we've mentioned, was universally lauded. Alex, you, was it podcast on the brink that we talked to Gary Parrish and... I think that was a podcast on the brink, not assembly call. We talked to Gary Parrish, and he literally said that he could not fathom like a scenario where it wouldn't work out. Like I asked him, if it doesn't work out with Archie Miller, why will it happen? And he he like stumbled and paused and was like, I don't even understand the question. Like, of course, and yeah, it's he work since out. like referenced that on multiple yeah. podcasts of like as things started to go poorly yeah. that he just even in retrospect couldn't look back and say, here's why. Yeah, so that's you know, so that's where we were at the time, and a lot of people thought that. Right. But that has been proven spectacularly wrong. You know, why? What can we learn from this? Obviously, we're not the ones making the decision, but, you know, as analysts, you know, out here leading a conversation on IU basketball, what can we learn from it, Alex? And I think you hit the nail on the head there, which is there's two different things that you have to look for. You know, one is does the guy check the coaching boxes? Archie checked all of them. He had had a deep tournament run, he had won conference titles, he was consistently competing, you know, in a, in a good conference. You know, Dayton, at least, you know, it wasn't certainly on the level of Indiana, but there was a tension on the Dayton program, you know, at least in that community. But that kind of leads into the second criteria, which is, does this guy fit the personality and the culture of the program? And I think what we learned over four years is that really didn't prove true with Archie Miller. You know, he talked in the press conference about, you know, wanting to be in the neighborhood and all of these things. And I think as you reflect on that initial press conference, so many of the promises from that press conference turned out not to occur. Not because I think he was lying in the press conference. I think he had every intention of doing those things. But, you know, we kind of are who we are as people and our personalities are what they are. And if you're a bad fit at a place, you're a bad fit at a place. And I think that's what happened. And coach, I want to bring you in to talk about this because after our last episode of the assembly call, you and I actually lingered on there for like 45 minutes. We, we had turned off the recording. And it's kind of unfortunate because it was a really good conversation. But one of the things that we talked about is that idea of fit and coaches fitting, whether it's at a school or whether it's, you know, some guys fitting better as an assistant coach as opposed to a head coach, but just how important fit is. Can you get into that a little bit and, and you know, generally speaking, and then if there's any way that you can apply it to this specific situation, please do it. I, I think the comments made are, are, are perfect. Indiana needs a good coach, and they need a, a PR person. That's just who Indiana basketball is. Uh, it, it's just a really important fan base to connect. Uh, and I think Archie either needed to win and be who he was, and then the people would have to adapt, or he had to, to win over that fan base. I think he struggled with that. Um, and where he was good at Dayton was he had some guys who naturally had a chip on their shoulder. They, they, they got recruited or had to go to the A-10. They wanted to play in the Big Ten or the Big East. So they were hungry, and his personality kind of fueled that kind of player. That's the best guess that I can take. And then when he got here, um, he just missed. I could go back to its roster construction. If he hits on, on some of these guards that he just missed on, 
um, or he brings in McKinley Wright, then then maybe he wins early, and the whole vibe between the him and the team is different. Uh, and, and you got older and, and stayed older faster. Um, so I think his recruiting misses, and everyone thinks that was a positive of his. The longer it went, I think it was more of a negative uh, that he didn't get the roster construction to allow him. And then he made the choice to go to an old-fashioned post game, uh, which is just not what basketball is today. And it's, I don't want to say it's boring, um, but when he said that at, uh, at down at Huber's or something, I just kind of cringed a little bit silently. I would never go on and publicly say so, but um, that's not college basketball. College basketball is a guards game. Uh, I, I mean, it, it is in a closer uh, you don't see two posts. Uh, Bill Self used to run that offense and went away from it. So those are things that are a fit. Um, and it just seems like he tried too hard to win here um, and made decisions that weren't him. And that happens sometimes when you get under the pressure cooker that you try to try to do what's right because you want to win and you want to win early. That press conference of we win championships, Fred Glass brought him in to win championships, I think really hurt Archie in the long run because I just think he made decisions that didn't work out that weren't bad decisions, but they weren't consistent with who Archie was. I think he'll learn from it and, and be better in his next place. But you got to fit offense and defense, what people want, but then you got to fit the culture. And I think ultimately Archie's, you know, ball coach, which I really liked, the no-nonsense stuff, just he, he didn't win enough early and didn't have good roster enough early to make that work. Um, so that that's my take on it. Uh, he's a good coach. He knows basketball. He just – his decisions didn't work out. Um, and, and that happens at times. Yeah, I think I feel like you see the same thing a lot of times when NFL teams go and get a different coach. They swing the pendulum so far in the opposite direction of the last guy they had. And so I think people love the no nonsense, kind of short to the point answers of Archie after having Crean. And to some level, you know, what you said, coach, is right that it didn't ever really like, even so, the size of the job didn't fit his personality or what he wanted it to be. Um, but it was almost like that overcorrection of, well, I went at, you know, we got to go away from the, you know, kind of used car salesman type type stuff we had and get this no nonsense guy. And, you know, so that's, that's what ultimately makes this hire interesting is like, how do you, how do you split the difference between those two with some of the guys that are there? And I think the other you know point that Alex brought up was being able to consistently win at a high level already. And Sarchi had done that in the A-10. Uh, which is obviously a step below. And so it's now as you start looking at these potential lists of candidates, like how do you go find somebody that has that experience, has that personality and has actually won at the, you know, at the level against the level of competition that they're going to be facing in the big 10 now, because even if you think about the landscape and this has been talked about so much of, you know, what other guys hired in the same year as Archie, like the level of play and competitiveness in the big 10 has only gotten better since four years ago and and now you've got to figure out it, it makes it that much tougher so i think that's the other piece of it that i thought alex hit on really well let's turn our attention here to scott dolson you know now the man in the spotlight who you know look i, I think everybody loved the the raise that he gave to tom allen recently certainly a guy who deserves it that was a bold move and this is a bold move um and i want to i want to talk about the statement that he made because i thought it was a really good statement alex I, mean, I don't want to read the whole thing. You know, he begins it with just saying that he, you know, took some time to evaluate, thanking Archie Miller. Um, but he goes on to say, given the university's very tight financial situation in light of the COVID nineteen pandemic, private philanthropic funding has been obtained for all transition costs and obligations related to the change in leadership. We work to secure the necessary private support, following my recommendation to President McRobbie, ensuring that there would be no 
charges to the university budget. So really getting out in front of the number one objection that people might have, even if they don't think that Archie has done a good job in a pandemic when budgets are tight, there are a lot of people who thought, hey, you know, we either need to or we're going to give him another year because of these constraints. And Scott Dolson is essentially saying, look, private people stepped up to pay for the transition costs, the buyout and all the other stuff. It's not coming from the university. So he really kind of gets out in front of that, which is just smart PR and I think a smart strategy. He goes on to say, Indiana basketball has a long, rich history of success that dates back generations. Our five national championships and 22 Big Ten titles make us one of the most accomplished programs in college basketball history. I have high expectations for our program, and we have not competed at a level within the conference or nationally that I believe we should. And I think that's certainly something that we can all agree with. It's also you know, similar to stuff that, that Fred Glass said. I mean, that's kind of boilerplate stuff, but it's still a strong statement to put out there. And then he ends with, well, I will not establish a formal search committee. I will consult within the university and with trusted experts in the state and around the country as I seek out and recruit a new coach. The work to find the next leader of Indiana basketball will begin immediately, and I will seek a chief executive that I can partner with to reestablish the brand and national presence of Indiana basketball. And Alex, I think that wording there at the end is important. Reestablish the brand. That suggests an understanding of a real big part of the issue here, which obviously you know, losing is the big part of the issue that tarnishes the brand more than anything, but it's more than that. It's the stuff that you said about the coach being able to go out and promote the brand and do some of those things that you have to do. So, you know, I think just in terms of the actual decision that he made, the timing of it, and then the statement that they put out, I'm not sure you could ask for a lot more from Scott Dolson than what he's given us right now. I think that's all, you know, now he's got to actually make the decision and that's, you know, 95% of this, but at least from what we've seen so far, that's I can get behind all that. No, he gets it in terms of what the job is. I mean, he's been at Indiana for, you know, a very long time. He obviously was a manager under Bob Knight. He's seen the program when it's rolling highest level. And he knows that, you know, you've got to, you know, I've always said, you know, it's not necessarily like going out and shaking hands and kissing babies and all that stuff, but there is some of that. Uh, is a part of the job of being the IU coach. And I mean, you think back like to, you know, the press conference when Archie was in- introduced, like he, he, he aced the press conference, but I can't really think of any other time after that, that he really did anything that made me think, man, he really cares about the history of the program or the former players. I mean, Jared, thinking back on this interview that we did, wasn't with Greg Graham where I almost got the feeling that, um, you know, I don't think he came out and said it, but I got the feeling that he didn't really wasn't really connecting with the former players. I know they had that state of Indiana thing that they had put up in the locker room and guys would come back and sign, sign it. And that kind of died off after a couple of months. And there was just nothing really, nothing else really that you could point to where he was, you know, kind of connecting with uh, what the program was in the past. So, um, you know, Scott Dolson, uh, he understands uh, that, no matter if IU football is doing well, baseball, women's basketball, he understands that his job, you know, at the top of the list is to get Indiana basketball back to a respectable level, uh, really a level that much higher than what we've seen now for a long time. It's a challenge. Uh, there's no guarantee that he's going to get it right, but I commend him for understanding the situation and not putting the fan base, um, 
you know, or the coaching staff in a situation next year that would have been completely, I think, untenable. I mean, there's just there's just no way it would have been a healthy situation for anybody involved. So, uh, you know, when you're in a, when you're in a position like that, sometimes you have to make tough decisions, and and uh, we'll see how it works out. Obviously, he's going to be uh, judged on uh, really uh, on, on how this move works out because, as I said, you know, the other sports doing well at Indiana, that's a great thing. But ultimately, I think when you're the AD at Indiana, you're judged on men's basketball. Yep. Coach, I know you have to get going. You want to provide some final thoughts here? Yeah, I, I'm really um, happy with Scott Dolson. Um, one, with the, the renewing of, of Tom Allen and got that done, and then to secure the financial stuff, if he wanted to make this decision, it shows, you know, people were wondering, he just took over whether he was, you know, we knew he was okay for the job, but this really, I think, shows that he cares about Indiana University basketball and was willing to make a really tough decision in face of uh, the financial stuff. And then I want to, uh, uh, Alex said something about, too, that one of the things that really turned me away is six, seven months ago, when I started hearing that the former players, uh, every former player should be a big part of the of the next coaching regime. I, I don't care if it's college or high school. You embrace the people who played in your gymnasium or played in your program. You welcome them back to practice. You have them speak to the team if you need to. You don't say no. You call them in and just have conversations. And if you're watching film for 20 hours, then the 21st and 22nd hour is to have meetings with those. That is the family. And it, I don't care if it's high school, D2, junior college, you are you are the guardian of that program, as well as X's and O's and scouting and recruiting. You are the guardian and former players are so valuable. I think that's more important than going out to Huber's and doing all those things, although that's a component too. But Alex was spot on. And when he brought that up, I wanted to say that it's not just about signing the walls and a couple guys you like. It's about every former player matters. And, and, and I think that's uh, what the next coach needs to do. Uh, and I'm saddened again, it's a family's, uh, been, you know, um, going to be torn apart and move and all that. So I'm not celebrating it, but there is a new level of excitement for me. And I wish Archie the best of luck and his staff, uh, as well, finding jobs and moving on to the next thing. And there is life after, after you get let go. Um, and I, I'm excited for all of us because we love what we do. And so much is dependent on, on Indiana basketball. And that bell means I got to start teaching. Again. <laughs> that was literally the school so, bell. That was literally the school about Coach Tonsoni live from class. <laughs> Come on in. We'll, we'll see you. <laughs> hey, that's what happens when it's emergency podcast day. Uh, thanks for joining us, Coach. Uh, Andy, I know you have to get back to work as well. And Alex, I know you have to get back to uh, to work as well. Make sure the servers are still up and pages are, are coming up as people want them. Um, Andy, give us your final thoughts on this uh, decision by Scott Dolson. Yeah, we've had a lot of a uh, lot of different people, a lot of different things come up on the show before. That's definitely the first uh, live interview from a high school and a school bell <laughs> that we got in the background. So, first time for everything. Yeah, uh, you, know, you know, coach, coach brought up a little bit of what I did, and, and Alex bringing that up about the former players, I thought was interesting because as you listen to whether it's you know Hoosier Hysterics interviews or AJ Guyton or whatever, it was not a consistent answer in terms of whether those guys were involved or not, and didn't really seem completely clear what what the pattern was or, or was not, but. Um, you definitely felt like there were guys who were disconnected from it. And that is not to say that this hire needs to be an IU guy and all of those kinds of conversations that we, um, you, you know, are inevitably going to, to arise. Um, but you do need to have somebody who's able to effectively embrace that and really embrace all the challenges of the role. And I think, I think as you look at Archie, it's probably a bit of a relief. I think if you're in that position, you, 
you certainly want this challenge, but I, I also think that at times it felt like he was in over his head with all the different components of the job. Again, it's not that he doesn't know basketball. It's not that um, he, he I, I would be surprised if he wasn't successful somewhere else as he moves along. Um, just it's a better fit for him from a personality standpoint and from a, uh, you know, player standpoint and all those kinds of things. So, um, but yeah, it now, now the, the, it really turns to what happens next. I think it, it's a good thing that Dolson was decisive and uh, kind of recognized the issues that we've talked about for the last, however, however many games and, and portion of the season. And now it turns to what you, what you're going to do and who you're going to bring in, what you're going to value. Uh, the statement certainly leads you to believe that there's a, a one or two guys that he's really honed in on uh, at this point that are, it would seem to have to be interested uh, if, if again, the Norlander reports are correct out there, there's been reaching out to guys. I don't know that you, um, you know, kind of come out with a statement like that. If you, if you don't feel like you're pretty close to having um, who you want and, and there's a lot of boxes to check. And I think that's what, and I think it gets harder and harder the further you get removed from, from the areas where, you know, we grew up and uh, had those teams that we fell in love with from an IU basketball standpoint. There are fewer and fewer people who have those. And so now you have to figure out, it, you know, and I think with each different coaching hire, you're having more boxes that you've got to check when you're looking at potential candidates and how you're going to bring some of that enthusiasm back. And um, But it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see. I, I have a feeling based on the, the tone of the statement that it may not be that long before <laughs> um, yeah. before you know something, uh, at least if, if, if what we're reading into the final part of that is, is accurate. So we'll, uh, we'll follow along and uh, follow along on, on inside the hall and do all that. So I can uh, take a break from bractology for a little bit. And now I can just move completely into <laughs> uh, trying to look at the coaching search. So you got one night, of sleep. Oh, one, one night of sleep, Andy. So- so Andy, can I can I Andy can I send you a, an email every night that my coaching hot board's ready to be updated and you can edit those for me for the next I, couple of weeks? I, yeah, I owe you. I owe you. I'm good for it. <laughs> uh, hey, kidding, by the way, yeah. congrats to Andy and Coach for terrific performance on uh, on their brackets. The bracket matrix has yet to be updated, but I think you said that was your best raw performance, and Delphi Bracketology had their best raw performance. Now we just have to see how it compares to everybody else. Yeah, we'll see. I think there's some definitely some uh, some high scores. I got a few gripes with the uh, with the committee about some things, but we'll uh, we'll work through that. But no, coach and the the folks at Delphi did did a fantastic job. Uh, I had I had finally gotten the best of them last year, but they uh, I think they they took me they took me out this year. So uh, good, but it was nice to get some sleep. But Alex, I, like I said, I owe you. So I'm if just you need kidding. me to, if you need totally me to kidding. edit anything and, and look at it, I'm uh, I'm I'm there for you. Alex, any final thoughts? Uh no, no, I mean, <laughs> see, Andy. Uh, it's, uh, you know, I, I think the number one thing that comes in, uh, to my head is, is that fans have, I'm getting a phone call to speak, uh, Bell's phone fans calls. have some, have, have some, uh, some optimism and some hope for the future now. I think that's really kind of what comes through now. I mean, the fan base is going to be excited. Um, Hopefully, uh, the hire is somebody that everybody can get excited about and get behind. And I think there's a real opportunity here to have a good team next season with the transfer situation mm-hmm. being what it is. You get the right, right guy. I think you get some of the, the returning guys on board uh, to come back. And, you know, th- to me, this isn't uh, strip everything down to the to the bottom and, and build it back up. I mean, there's 
obviously some 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 holes that need to be filled on the roster but i think if you get the right coach uh with this kind of being a free agency for transfers you know i think indiana can be a really good team uh in the near future so uh, a lot to be excited about if you're an indiana fan um I think for us, uh, and I know that people don't care necessarily what we think, uh, but I think to have something new and fresh to write about and not feel like we're writing the same thing after every game, like five takeaways to me got exhausting there towards the end because every game was pretty much the same in terms of how they won or how they lost. And uh, I know with, with you guys doing the show for the assembly call after every game, I mean, it gets exhausting mentally. You kind of want to reset um, and you want something new uh, and fun to talk about. Hopefully we're not back in the same position four years or three years from now. Yeah. Hopefully this is finally, um, hopefully the peak Jared Morris and Alex Bozich years will uh, <laughs> eventually be rewarded with a, with a final four. I mean, we'd settle for an elite eight right now, right, Jared? We'd settle for just being back in the tournament. Uh, yeah, I just settled so, for making the tournament right now. It's, you know, so uh, I, you know, you 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 never celebrate somebody losing their job. I think Archie Miller gave it his best shot. Uh, it just didn't work out, and so I think for everyone involved, uh, it's best that uh, they they moved on, and and we'll see what happens. So, uh, going to be an interesting week with the tournament uh, tipping off. Uh, games in Bloomington, games in Indianapolis, games in West Lafayette, and then now you have this other uh, situation with the coaching search uh, developing too. So, uh, it's like. You know, I thought the season was over, but maybe it's uh, coaching coaching search season is, is now just beginning. Here we go. Here we go. All right. Thanks, Alex. Everybody check out Alex's work over at InsideTheHall.com. Appreciate him hopping on last second here along with Rick Bozich and Andy and Coach. I know everybody wants wants Ryan to be on here. He uh, He's unavailable, so we may have to do another show maybe tonight or some other time to, to get Ryan's thoughts on it, although I think you can probably imagine what he's uh, what he's thinking about it. I will say, interesting tweet that just came by here. Uh, this is from Tipton Edits. Uh, tweets out, following the firing of Archie Miller, freshman guard Anthony Leal tells me he's a, quote, Hoosier for life, born and raised, and that's never going to change. Uh, and then Tipton Edits has got to respect that. You know, and that's going to be uh, the next big question, uh, as, as Alex mentioned there. You know, now what happens with the roster? You know, what what is this thing going to look like? for next season you know i saw trace jackson davis uh sent out a tweet with kind of like a confused face i haven't seen any others uh come out but you know who you know who's the coach going to be what's that coach's vision for the players that are here you know because now it's a lot easier obviously when you can just transfer without having to sit out a year it's a lot easier for guys who don't feel like they'll be a good fit to move on uh for you to even kind of talk a guy into into moving on because they'll be able to move to a different situation and then to bring in other guys um you know it's interesting you you kind of think back to when Archie Miller came because I you know I've spent a lot of time recently trying to think about um you know how could this have gone differently or, or what maybe could have made this work a little better and you think about uh, you know McKinley Wright who Archie had committed to Dayton you know when you know before he left for Dayton and there was talk about McKinley Wright joining him at Indiana but at the time, you know, Indiana had three incoming recruits. You had guys who were thinking about going to the NBA. There was a lot of uncertainty around the roster. Um, and Archie, you know, clearly didn't push it in terms of maybe getting guys to get out of their, you know, letters of intent or getting guys to move on. And there wasn't space, you know. And, and McKinley Wright basically said, look, I, gotta, I need to go look at some other opportunities. They're a little bit more certain. And he turned into, you know, one of the best point guards in college basketball. You know, how different is the Archie Miller era if he's here? Who knows? You know, but I think... I've always kind of wondered, 
you know, and obviously, you know, I'll certainly never get a chance to talk with Archie about this now, but if he, you know, regrets anything about, you know, when he first came in, not reshaping the roster or doing a little bit more, expending a little more political capital as a new coach to try and reshape the roster in his own image from the beginning. Uh, would that have changed things? I don't know. You know, I don't, I don't think so, but you never know. Um, but either way, it didn't work. Um, and, you know, I know I, I saw a note um, in the chat from Scott, you know, that, that basically said, you know, just disappointed that we're starting over again. You know, starting over again, not thrilled. And that is certainly a fair way to look at it. I think if you told any of us four years ago that, you know, that we'd be starting over, you know, here four years later, none of us would be thrilled. And so in a macro sense, it's not good for Indiana basketball that we have to sit here starting over. But in the micro sense of what's happened over the last four years and where things are and the apathy that was quite clear and the disgust that was quite clear, you know, at least with the results on the court, uh, it's a good time uh, to be starting over. So, you know, now now we see and we move forward. Alex, are you going to be able to hang out for a little bit? No, I got to get to go. I got to make a, make, make a few phone calls and um, okay. start hammering out some I want to do something uh, just in terms of, I don't know, uh, names that I, that I think may, may make sense for the job. So I'm going to start. Uh, I think Dolson's talking at four, so I need to kind of hunker down and, and start writing a little bit, and then we'll okay. look forward to that press conference later this afternoon. So we should get a little bit of a better sense on on uh, what, what's happening next. I believe it's going to be a Zoom type of thing at four, so okay. looking forward to that as well. All right. Cool. Thanks for being here, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna hang out hey. here for a little bit because I know there's some questions to answer. But yeah, sure. We need to try to get uh, do a podcast again sometime soon. Now. Let's do it. Maybe once the, once the uh, once the hiring's made, or or maybe when we get a little bit a uh, chance to take a, a bit of a deeper breath and have some some time to, to digest all this. But it's always these these things always happen. Like last time, it was what during the first day of the tournament tipping off, and now it's yep. a tournament week. So, so here we go. So, thanks yep. for having me. For uh, sure. Thanks everybody for uh, for reading and everything, and uh, we'll talk to everybody soon. Thank you. Yep. All right. So, I, I just want to address a few things. I know Galen and Scott may pop on. They were recording their own podcast at Crimson Cast, so you can go uh, go check that out later today. Uh, but there's a couple things here that I wanted to address. So, uh, Trenton Moose says, "Oh no, uh, this is from Aaron." Uh, Aaron says, if the coaching search goes on for a while, safe to assume that our next coach is in the tournament. So that certainly could be a possibility. You know, I think the other uh, the other possibility, again, no, you know, no matter how unlikely you think it is, and again, I still think it's extremely unlikely. But if the, if Scott Dolson's plan is to, you know, basically try to make Brad Stevens a Godfather offer and make him option number one and give himself every opportunity to get him. Well, you're going to have to wait a little while, you know, because he's not going to be, you know, done with the Celtics until after the season. So you would have to wait for that. So I think those would be kind of the two, the two situations there. And again, that's why I think that that's so unlikely uh, to actually happen. But that would kind of be, that would kind of be the other reason um, why that would be the case. Um, you know, Zach McCrite, our buddy, says found the cure for apathy today. Uh, yeah, you know, you. That's that's what you have to do when things are apathetic and there's not a lot of energy. You got to do something to shake things up, and that is clearly what Scott Dolson uh, has done here today. Um, I don't know if you guys also saw, but Rick uh, Richard Patino, not Rick Patino, uh, Rick Patino, <laughs> and the irony of all ironies brings his Iona team into the NCAA tournament in the year when Louisville and Kentucky both don't make it. Uh, but his son Richard Patino uh, was fired at Minnesota. Interesting. 
uh, I think, that, that Indiana actually beat Minnesota to it because that one had been rumored for a while. But, you know, what I really think is interesting about these two situations, you know, Indiana and Minnesota, you know, these are schools that have just kind of hovered in mediocrity, you know, under both of these coaches. You know, Minnesota hasn't been great under Richard Pitino, but they've made a couple of tournaments. You know, every now and then you see them have a good team. They get on a roll. They're up there in the top 20 in Ken Palm. They had a really good player this year in, in Marcus Carr, but really no level of consistency, you know, and maybe if they were in a different conference, things would be a little bit better because they had talented players, talented teams, but never could put it together. Same thing with Indiana. You know, just a lot of mediocrity. Last year probably would have made the tournament, but that was obviously the only year of the last four when that would have been the case. And look, the Big Ten was an absolute gauntlet this year. You know, that is certainly an explanation for why teams with the talent levels of Minnesota and Indiana didn't have the records that they should have. And maybe if both of those schools were in different conferences, things would have turned out better. But they're not. They're in the Big Ten. And so, if you're in the Big Ten Conference, especially if you're a school like Indiana, but even for a school like Minnesota, and you're just constantly finding yourself in the back half of the conference or struggling just to get your head above water, you know, to get into the top half of it, well, that's not sustainable. Because you can't just say, well, you know, it's a really good conference, so we're happy just being 8th, ninth, or 10th. No. That means you got to make a change and try and figure out what it's going to take to compete with Tom Izzo and Matt Painter and, you know, what Brad Underwood is, is building and, 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 you know, at Illinois and all of those different things. And who knows how sustainable that is at Illinois. You know, time will tell when, when IO is, uh, is gone. But, you know, I, I just think the, the strength of the Big Ten and how difficult it is to compete in this league on an annual basis, if you're in Indiana and in Minnesota and you've had the results that you've had for the last four or five years, you got to make a change. You know, you got to do something. And that's obviously what they did. Um, so... You know, now, again, you know, we turn our attention to who is it going to be? Um, and let me look here. I saw, I want to pull this up. Bear with me for just a moment. Okay, so Zach Osterman just put out a piece um, from the Indianapolis Star, you know, kind of outlining some of the names uh, that would be there. So he's kind of got these, uh, you know, into some different tiers. Uh, for the Grand Slam, as he says about the Grand Slam, uh, you know, these are the gold standard hires, pretty unlikely to happen. Um, he has, of course, listed in the first Grand Slam uh, right there. He has uh, Brad Stevens. Uh, again, very unlikely to happen. He actually has listed number two in the Grand Slams, Tony Bennett. He gets the hallelujah treatment from me. Uh, also very, very unlikely to happen. Uh, Mark Few, I saw his name in the chat. Look, none of Mark Few and Tony Bennett are not happening. Brad Stevens is almost for sure not happening, but that's why they're grand slams. Um, you know, you, you kind of take that swing for the fences and, and you see. He has listed in the home run category <clears throat> Chris Beard, Scott Drew, John Beeline. Uh, I think for a lot of reasons, Chris Beard isn't going to happen. I don't know if you guys know this, but Chris Beard currently is the number three highest paid coach. Uh, in the country. So he doesn't need to go to a school like Indiana to make his money. And I think he's carved out a nice little niche there at Texas Tech. I think they let him do the things that he wants to do to build his rosters. Uh, and so I don't think that one is happening. Scott Drew is an interesting one. You know, you wouldn't think that a guy who is the head coach of a school like Baylor that was, you know, basically neck and neck with Gonzaga for a lot of this year has a great team that he would be, um, you know, a potential candidate to leave, but we've seen some articles suggesting that maybe he is interested. He's obviously from Indiana. Maybe he wants to go home. I think they have a pretty experienced team, you know, so I don't know how they project to do for next year. You know, but Scott Drew has some baggage. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
you guys may remember that when Hunter Perea uh, was being recruited, there was a story about how it was either he or one of his assistant coaches, you know, threatened to have Hunter deported uh, if he didn't commit to Baylor. And I, I don't know. That may be an apocryphal story, um, but it, it certainly seemed to, to have legs and was kind of one of those things that really soured people uh, on a guy like Scott Drew. But that was also a long time ago. And the whole narrative of can Scott Drew coach, which was kind of a funny thing that that, that people used to talk about. Well, he's put together some pretty good teams, um, you know, and they've been in the, you know, they're in the Big 12, so haven't won as many conference titles with Kansas dominating things there, but he's had a successful run. That one seems like it could be a real possibility, so we need to keep an eye on that one. John Beeline is an interesting one. That's one that a lot of people have talked about. John Beeline, wildly successful at Michigan. Uh, you know, what Juwan Howard has built now at Michigan is still kind of built on the back of, of what John Beeline did there, you know. I don't know about this one. Look, I think we'd all love to have a John Beeline coach team at Indiana. No question. The passing fundamentals would be much better. The ability to use a pick and roll would be much better. He's a great coach. He would immediately bring stability back to the position. But he's an older coach. You know, he's got some baggage from when he was fired from Cleveland. You know, made some remarks that were seen by many uh, as being, you know, racist in nature uh, that really rubbed some players the wrong way. I don't know... You know, if current recruits think about that or would know about that, but there's some baggage there that could be used against him on the recruiting trail. Um, and I think it's been publicized that, you know, he has a family member that's been going through a rough time. And I think he's really wanted to focus on that. So there's a there's a lot of stuff there with Beeline. So I don't really know. I think there would be justified excitement if he was, you know, named the coach for what could happen immediately uh, because of how good of a coach he is. But what does that mean for the future? You know, do you have to bring in someone as a coach and waiting with him? So he's an interesting name, but I'm the the more I've thought about that one, the more unlikely it kind of seems to me. So then we've got solid hires uh, that Zach talks about. Nate Oates is one. I don't know. Given their success, might bump him up into into the next level. Uh, he was successful at Buffalo. He's been very successful at Alabama. Plays an extremely uh, attractive style of basketball. Eric Musselman is another one. Eric Musselman, currently the coach at Arkansas. They, you know, obviously had a very successful season. Justin Smith uh, transferred there. Very energetic guy. I think he is definitely the kind of guy that if you're looking at, you know, hey, who's someone who can get out there and, and you know, kind of rebuild the brand of Indiana, not rebuild the brand of Indiana, modernize the brand of Indiana basketball. I think Eric Musselman is a guy who could do that. Um, I don't know a ton about him to, to be able to offer a, a great opinion. I know he's got some NBA experience. Uh, he likes to take his shirt off when he's celebrating with his with his team. So you, you'd have to deal with a little bit of that, maybe kind of craziness. But he seems like a really solid coach. You know, I think Justin Smith went there, transferred, had a great experience. You know, going from you know three years of Archie Miller to to Eric Musselman. I know that the the change in style, uh, the change in coach, was a real breath of fresh air for him. And so, could it be for for Indiana basketball? Maybe. I think that's another, you know, either one of those guys, you know, Oates or, or Musselman, given the success that they've had, they seem like reasonable uh, candidates to get excited about. Zach mentions Dana Altman. He's also got Thad Mata there. You know, Thad Mata, a really interesting one. Incredible success at Ohio State. I mean, you remember his teams at Ohio State, they were phenomenal, um, but he had the health issues. And I think those health issues are still there. So if, you know, if he's kind of got those figured out or at least kind of has a way to to kind of work through them and is excited again that model like john beeline immediately brings stability back to the big 10 or back to the coaching position 
And what you, you know, what you really think about with those two guys, Beeline and Thad Mata, to getting back to the point that, uh, that, that Alex talked about is those guys have had success and they've had success in the big 10, right? So that would be the attraction to those two guys. But again, they, I don't know how reasonable they are. You know, I, I really don't. That's why I struggle with Beeline and Thad Mata, because if you told me they're not even really candidates, I would say, yeah, that makes sense. And if you told me they're going to be the next coach, I would say that makes sense. So I guess it's it's still so early in this process that it's really hard to try and handicap it. But it does really seem like they've zeroed in on a few of these guys or a couple of them. I don't know who those people are. Certainly, I'll be working as many sources as I have to try and you know figure that out. Um, but you know, and maybe we'll find out sooner rather than later. Who knows? Um, but I, I think if I was going to try, as I try to talk to myself here on how to set expectations, you know, I really wanted to hear something quick from Scott Dolson, something bold, something strong. Let's get out in front of this. You know, this is going to be a wild off season with the transfer market with, you know, uh, you know, seniors being able to stay or go like there's just a lot in flux right now. And I really wanted something strong and bold that gave us a direction for where this offseason is going. Scott Dolson gave us that. And I understand the arguments on the other side. You know, some people thought, hey, let's take our time. Let's wait and see. Maybe you keep Archie for another year and kind of set, you know, get all your ducks in a row to make the slam dunk higher next year. I hear all that. And it, it really depends on the actual particulars of what the situation really is behind the scenes, whether that's the right choice or the wrong choice. But I wanted something bold and strong. We got something bold and strong from Scott Dolson. But now, and I have long agreed with uh, what Galen Clavio said on Crimson Cast, which is Crimson Cast, you need to decouple the decisions. You don't have to wait for the decision on Archie Miller until you know for sure who the guy is going to be. I mean, I think you want to have some good ideas, and you probably need to have a short list of guys that you've worked back channels to know if they're going to be reasonable choices before you do it. But if you don't think Archie Miller is the right coach, you make the move. He did. Now we move on to step two. I don't really know how long step two is going to take. I would not be shocked if step two drags on into the offseason some. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. You know, recall a few years ago when Ohio State ended up moving on from Thad Mata, they actually waited to do that until July. And we're still, or July, June sometime. It was several months after Indiana and Illinois hired Archie Miller and Brad Underwood. And they still were able to get Chris Holtman. Worked out pretty well for them. So I don't think you have to make a move in terms of hiring the coach right at the beginning of the offseason. But now you've got at least the direction to know, hey, we are going to have a new coach. You can communicate with the players that, look, you know, Archie Miller is not going to be the guy. You know, you have options to, to move on if you want to. And, you know, you won't know who the coach is here until we hire him. But I think that is fair to the players and their families to do it that way. Um, and now you got to go find the guy and make the right decision. Um, and, you know, it could be some of those names. Getting back to this list that Zach Osterman had, the mid-major route, he's got Porter Moser, the coach at Loyola Chicago, Wes Miller, the coach at UNC Greensboro, Mark Pope, the coach at, where is he at BYU. Uh, Pat Kelsey, coach at Winthrop. Um, and then he's got some guys with Indiana ties on there. Calbert Chaney. Look, I've seen that. Look, you guys know my affinity for Calbert Chaney. He is my favorite athlete of all time. I would, un I would undoubtedly find a way to be extremely excited if you told me Calbert Chaney is the next head coach at Indiana basketball. Just seeing him roaming the sidelines would be amazing. I don't think you take Calbert Chaney, who doesn't have a ton of coaching experience, and throw him into that situation. 
I think that's one that we need to set aside. All right. I don't think that would be the right hire. I don't think that's going to be the hire, but I wanted to address it because Calvert is a legend and will always be a legend. And then the other names that you get to Dane Fife, Steve Alford, um, even Michael Lewis, who is a, <clears throat> an assistant uh, with Mick Cronin at UCLA. Uh, look, I don't, Steve Alford is not a guy that I want to be the coach. We've talked about that a lot. Ryan would be here nodding his head vigorously. You know, he's coached at a lot of different places. We've seen the level of success he's had. That's not the level of success that Indiana fans want. And I think there's a lot of baggage uh, that comes with Steve Alford. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, and I don't think it should happen. You know, Fife's an interesting case of, you know, if you recall, when we talked about the hire back when Archie was hired, uh, my list was Billy Donovan, Tony Bennett, one, two, um, I, you know, those, those were the home run choices that seemed within the realm of possibility. Uh, they weren't going to happen. I had Dane five, three, and I had Archie Miller four. Um, you know, five is interesting. He's had head coaching experience. He's had successful assistant coaching experience. Um, you know, I have to think it's a job that he would be excited about. Um, but I think with, with, you know, with a guy like Dane, who doesn't have the head coaching experience, hasn't proven it at this level, the benefit, you know, of, of him or Michael Lewis or any of those guys coming in is I do think it would allow you to double down on what still makes Indiana basketball special. The results don't make Indiana basketball special. We are Penn State or worse right now in terms of results. But we still have tradition. We still have an incredible roster of ex-players that we can get back involved to help rebuild the culture of Indiana basketball. That is important. Now, I don't think you have to have an Indiana guy to do that, but I do think you make it far more likely that you really rebuild that if you have an Indiana guy. Okay, so that's the benefit that you get from that, from a Dane Fife, from a Michael Lewis. But man, you would have to be really, really sure that from a temperament, from a personality perspective, those guys fit. And, you know, you'd have to, uh, you know, from a just a, a coaching acumen and X's and O's place, really believe in them. I think I'm not so, I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm not as bullish on that now as I was then, because now it's four years later. The stakes are even higher. We've had four more years of lack of success that have further tarnished the brand. That's four more years of basketball that's not getting any young people emotionally invested in the program. So that when they're 39 years old and there's a coaching change, they drop everything to hop on and host an emergency podcast and get all their friends to do it. <laughs> you know, So we need to rebuild that and, and keep building those kinds of fans. Um, so that's why this hire is so important. So that's where the risk of a Fife and those guys seems too great right now, assuming that you're going to have some other options uh, that are better and more proven, which I think Indiana will. Okay, so... So that, you know, thanks to Zach for putting that together, uh, you know, gave us some names and kind of some fodder to discuss. Um, so, oh, Ryan is asking if I'm still on. I am. And Ryan, if you want to come join us, come on. Um, so that's where I am on all those names. And, you know, now we, we're, now we just have to kind of wait and see. Um, you know, Moose says, does the pool open up after the tournament? I don't, you know, I don't know that the pool opens up after the tournament because... In any situation like this, it's not like Scott Dolson is calling up Eric Musselman and talking to him directly, right? This is back channel agent type stuff. A lot of the stuff happens at the final four. So, you know, I, I, I guess I think that we should, be, you know, we should be ready to wait a little while. You know, we had to wait a little while to, um, 
to, to find out that it was going to be Archie Miller. I think we'll have to wait a little while, if not a little bit longer, um, uh, to find out who the coach is going to be here. So let's see. Oh, we had an Arkansas fan hop in. It says, as an Arkansas fan, our AD is going to do everything in his power to keep Musselman. Remember, we're playing with Walmart family money. Oh, I don't doubt it. That's why... You know, I really wonder about, you know, Musselman and, and Oates and how... Well, and Oates just signed a big contract extension, so we really probably shouldn't even be talking about him. Um, and as Jay Horry says, and this is true, you know, Norlander said that IU's been reaching out to possible candidates over the last few weeks, which we talked about. So that stuff is going to happen on back channels, and I don't think there's any way Scott Dolson makes this decision if he doesn't have a short list that he feels, you know, pretty good about. So anyway... Uh, people ask him where Ryan is. He's in the middle of working. I think he's writing an article about Archie for the big lead. Um, so maybe check that out. I haven't seen if it's up there. I'll retweet it uh, once I see it come up. But <clears throat> let's see. Uh, another quote from... So let me just read a couple of these tweets that are coming through here uh, from Tipton Edits. Indiana forward Trace Jackson Davis to me when asked if he will consider transferring or stay locked in with IU. Uh, I haven't really even decided to weigh my options. Still a lot to take in. That seems very fair. Um, you know, Trace has a big decision whether he's going to go pro, whether he's going to stay in college, and if he stays in college, whether he's going to stay at Indiana. Here's something. So here's a point that I want to make um, when it comes to Trace. This coaching staff really did everything to put Trace in a great position to succeed. They really tailored everything over the past couple of years to him. Um and look, he was Indiana's best player. I understand why they did it. But even perhaps to the detriment of other guys, they force-fed him on the offensive end of the court. And so I think of all the players that this affects, I think it's really going to affect him uh, You know, if he's thinking about coming back. And so that's going to be a really interesting decision because a new coach that comes in almost surely isn't going to want to have 30% of his possessions taken up by a post guy because that's just not modern basketball. What in the world... You shaved. Yeah, you know, I figured it's a new day for Indiana. I uh, figured, you know, if you give the people a, a fright. If you're listening uh, on the podcast, Ryan is uh, here with his, his bright white TBL hat promoting the big lead, and the beard is gone. Ladies and gentlemen, it is a new era of basketball, a new era of life go. as Ryan is shaved. Okay. Um, all right, uh, also, uh, by the way, if I'm promoting thebigleague.com, go there. Uh, we just wrote Archie. Did you write your article uh, about Archie? I wrote five replacements for Archie Miller, potential replacements. I said that they should aim very high given the resources of the program. Uh, we can talk about that. I've got about literally 10 minutes. But okay. um, also, uh, go subscribe, like, and download uh, the Best of Seven podcast. Okay. If I'm doing this, I've got to promote okay. it, Jared. Okay. I'm in the no, middle no, of I got you. Day. I got you. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, yeah, go do that all. Um, go ahead, okay. Jared. Ask your questions. Interview me. Do I need to ask you questions? Just talk. You don't need questions. No, go ahead. Ask me questions. All right. I, I'm, well, give I'm me, okay. prepared. No, no. Give me, okay. Give me your initial reaction first. And then I want to, I haven't seen your list, but I want to talk about the five candidates because I just ran through a bunch of them. And I'm curious if you have different names or different opinions than I had. Well, clearly I've been saying for weeks, I think this needed to happen. I didn't think the money was going to be as big a deal as people were making out to be. I had actually heard that as well. I was cheating a little when I said that. Uh, I think there were people who were willing to, hey, Indiana's at a really low point. Let's put the money together and find a new path. I, I truly don't think this is a thing where they didn't like Archie. I think that they just think it wasn't working. And, I, and I've heard that from a lot of people. It's like, Archie's a smart guy. He has a philosophy. It may not work in the Big Ten. 
as is right now. You may not be able to be all defense first and then kind of hoping the offense comes together in such a competitive conference. And I think Archie tried his best. I just don't think his best was good enough at this time at this university. Do I think that he could be successful elsewhere with a different mix of factors? Yes. I think he'd go to the Pac-12 and be pretty successful. Um, so I think that there there are different places he could probably... I think he'd go to the SEC at a certain place and maybe be successful. I, I just think that it didn't work here now where it is and i don't hold i you know i'm not mad at him you know i think a lot of people thought that we hated archie or something like that i just think it didn't work and sometimes it doesn't work sometimes the right fit doesn't work it's just there are so many factors and you kind of have to get lucky with this sort of thing so that's my initial reaction is that i thought it had to happen i think that had he shown some progress even if it was incremental this year just a little bit of progress i think he holds on for another year if they make the tournament I think he holds on, even if it's barely, even if it's a selection Sunday thing. I think they could say, "Well, the the Big Ten was awful this year. You know, it was it was incredibly at two number one seeds, and all these other guys are, are number two seeds, and you know, it's such a tough conference." He held on and maybe did okay. So I think that is, you know, where we're at. Is that it? Just it, it, he didn't succeed that way. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I think anyway. the way that the season bottomed out gave Scott Dolson. Yeah, his yeah losing to act. six in a row yeah. when you had to win is just, you know, uh, that's it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't leave a good taste in the mouth. Like if you had bombed the beginning of the season and then run ten straight to end the season and missed the tournament, you could say, well, look, they turned it around. You know, there's positivity. the The way the season ends is how people will always remember you. And last year, remember, we were pretty positive in the off season. Because they blew out Nebraska in their last game. Now, never mind that Nebraska had like three football players on the bench. And I don't you know, care. Big to, Ten tournament champs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but that, you know, and you felt like they played their best game in the last game. Never mind, they played the worst team they played. But still, you felt good going into the offseason because hey, they put it all together in that game. So the way you end definitely leaves a taste in the mouth. And had they won two Big Ten games and lost another, maybe he holds on. But I've heard this was in the weeks for the works for weeks. I yeah. I had kind of told you guys that. Uh, you know, off air that that Dolson had been back channeling people for a while, trying to figure things out, and I guess that can come out now. Um, but I, I had told you guys that a while ago that that, and Dolson was pretty confident that if he did go away from Archie, he could get. He was confident, and still is, I'm told by a couple of sources, that he can make a significant upgrade. And if he can make a significant upgrade, then you have to make the move. You just yep. have to because this program is at a point where it's you got to get better. You know, all the other Big Ten programs are getting better. You know, I mean, you look at Rutgers. Rutgers is consistently getting better. You can, you've got to be able to surpass Rutgers on your growth rate. One of the so, more underrated coaching jobs in the Big Ten in the last two decades is what Steve Peichel has done at Rutgers. Abs- absolutely. And you know what? That guy, he's not going to win National Coach of the Year or anything, nope. but he deserves some form of record. And that has hurt Archie. Is Holtman's done a good job at Ohio State. Brad Underwood's done a good job at Illinois. Yep. Peichel has done a good job at Rutgers. They are By all comparison, hired around the same time. He yep. hasn't really done the same thing. Okay, so I know you have to get out of here soon, but let's get your five. I'm curious who your five are. So I let, I let it off with Brad Stevens. Look, if you're Indiana at this point, you ha- absolutely... Yeah, I heard Rick Bozich talking about... I was, I was in the shower when Rick Bozich was talking about it. Uh, but, he, you know, if you're at this point and you're Indiana, you have to offer it. You have to go to Brad Stevens and say, look, here's... If, if you can get $10 million for a buyout for Archie Miller with a snap of your fingers, 
offer to make Brad Stevens the highest paid coach in college basketball or, or up there. You know, I don't know exactly what Cal and coach K make or whatever, but offer him say like, look, we're throwing everything at you. Things aren't going well in Boston. If you've followed the Celtics this year, they're 20 and 18. They're fifth in the conference, despite having three all-star caliber guys, they're not doing well. They're regressing. And there are calls from the fan base to fire Brad Stevens because it's been eight years. They haven't reached the NBA finals and they have a ton of talent. And I think that if you're Indiana, you have to take your shot. You absolutely, you cannot be afraid of getting turned down. You have to take your shot here because this is the guy that everyone wants. And here's the thing. If Brad Stevens, if you don't take your shot and you don't secure Brad Stevens, and let's say he get let, gets let go in the offseason, and then Coach K decides to retire and Duke goes after him hard and Duke gets him, it'll always be that thing. The same way it is with the Celtics getting him is that we missed our chance. And so I think that if you think that Brad Stevens is the prodigal son and you're going to try and bring him back to Indiana, you have to go full kitchen sink at him, throw everything, pitch the, the family dynamic. And look, if the Celtics don't play well over the next few weeks, maybe Brad Stevens hears the pitch and says, all right, Danny Ainge, let's, let's talk about a buyout. You know, it's not going to work here. I'm probably going to be let go after the season. Let's just work out a buyout and, and do it now. Or maybe you secure a deal from Stevens where he says, Hey, I'm going to finish the season and then I'm going to Indiana. That's happened before. It's not It's not completely alien. I'm going to do one last run with the Celtics and see where we get. Um, so that that's my number one. I don't think there's any question about that. You have to make the run at him. I, I don't think that's, you know, that that's not debatable at this point. Yeah, it's it's very unlikely, but you at least give yourself a chance. Yeah, and, what and here's what I would say about, well, here's what I would say about Stevens. One last thing is that about six months ago, I would have said it was a 0.01% chance. Now I'd say it's about a 10% chance. And yeah. I've heard that from a lot of people. That's the that number I've more, heard I've heard used as well. He's more amenable to the college game than he was eight years ago, even five years ago, even four years ago. And I think that he's starting to understand after eight years that maybe the NBA isn't everything he thought it was as far as his ability to, you know, because a lot of that has to do with contracts and, and things you get caught up in in the moment that hurt you later on down the road. So I think there's a, and, and let's face it, Maybe the GM doesn't make the moves you want to make, whereas in college basketball, you get to pick your roster. So I think if he was set up with a situation where he had help recruiting, he had help doing the the political stuff around the state, you know, barnstorming, he got assistants who could help him with that and all that and got a support staff around him, I think he'd be amenable to the college game. Uh, number two, I put John Beeline. I think that he, that's an easy one because he's a free agent and he, he's telling everybody he knows that he's ready to coach again. I don't know if he fits at Indiana perfectly, but he's sitting there ready to coach. He's 68. He was wildly successful in the Big Ten. Went from a really high-octane, up-tempo offense with very little defense to turning it around and becoming a defensive juggernaut at Michigan. Really can do it both. Uh, the only reason he's not at Michigan is because he wanted to test the NBA waters, and it didn't go well in Cleveland. And to so say the least. Yeah. He'd still be there. And I think that if he came in, he'd have to come in with a coach-and-waiting kind of situation because he is 68 and – you know, he obviously wouldn't be long for the job, but if Indiana wants a quick turnaround, I think that's a good name. Um, There's some baggage there. The reason why he, is, the course. reason why he was fired in the NBA, and you know, some family issues. So you gotta, of course, gotta make sure that that stuff is is ironed out. But. Sure, but I mean, I think that people who know John Beeline will vouch for him that you know it's isolated incident type stuff, not a huge deal in yeah. the long term. But you have to, of course, allay those fears. Let's be real; it's you know that's not. It's not in, insignificant, but I think that that if you're looking for a quick transition to a winner, that's the way to go. Um, I mean, these weren't, by the way, these weren't in order. They were just a list. I also had uh, Scott Drew 
was was third on the list. I think that again, it, that guy grew up in Indiana. He knows how basketball crazy the state is. He watched his dad coach at Valpo for 22 years. He coached there himself, and now he's in Waco, Texas, and everybody wants to talk about football there. And so I think that's the angle you have to go with Scott Drew is bring you back home where everybody loves basketball. And guess what? If you win in basketball here, you're a god. You're essentially a godlike figure if you can win consistently at Indiana. You're never going to be that at Baylor. You're going to be a nice little story. And so, but Scott Drew is 48 and six over the past two years and has turned Baylor into a real power. They finally unseated Kansas as the uh, as the conference champion this year for the first time in God knows how long. I think I was still in high school, but it's, you know, and so he's really built something there and he's done a really good job. And I think that again, there are Indiana ties there and there's a chance to bring him back and he's recruited the state as well. So, you know, do you, do you wind up going there? Um, Third on a fourth on the list. Look, I kind of tried to do one of everything, you know, kind of the top guys of each type of coach, the guys out of work. It's John Bela guys in the NBA who are the superstar who you have to aim for is Brad Stevens. A guy who's currently having success in the NCAA and has a track record of success, that's Scott Drew. If you're going for a, a younger, up-and-coming kind of new guy, it's Nate Oates. At, what he's done at Alabama has been remarkable. To, in, in two years, to turn a really bad Alabama program into a you know the SEC regular season and conference champion and a top-five team. Uh, he's only 46. He's from the Midwest. He grew up in Wisconsin. Understands how to operate at a football school. And, yeah, exactly. And, you know, again, he's, you know, he coached high school ball in Detroit. Like he knows the Midwest. He knows the region. He knows the kids and, and the types of people. He just signed a contract extension. But if, Indy, if, if if they could snap their fingers and get $10 million for the Archie buyout, they could, they could pay that. And, uh, you know, and the other thing is that a lot of guys, you know, we talk about buyouts and things like that. There are a lot of exceptions for schools in buyouts as well that don't get talked about. You know, it could be $20 million if you go to one school, but five, if you go to another. So, Hey, there he is. Look at that. Um, and then last <laughs> on the list was Chris Beard. I, I just think again, lots of ties that make this interesting and, and the style of play Texas tech. He's never going to win big consistently. It's just not a school where that's going to happen. Uh, if he wants to get out of, you know, he has ties to Texas, but if he wants to get out of Texas, then, you know, Indiana's a chance to, to do that and go somewhere where basketball is first. I thought it was interesting though, is uh, I wrote this uh, much of his 10 years as an assistant at Texas tech were spent po- coaching under checks notes. Some guy named Robert Montgomery Knight. Wonder where else that guy coached beard eventually took over at Arkansas little rock and led him to a 30 and five season and steered a squad to an NCAA tournament. First round episode over checks notes, Purdue. There's some hints on why Indiana, this would appeal to Indiana fans, but uh, yeah, so those are my five. I think that, uh, you got to take the big swing, though. I mean, you can't be in this position and not take the big swing. And take the, the worst that can happen is you get told no. That's the worst that can happen, and you're no worse off than you are now. Now, you don't publicly want people telling you no through press releases, but I think that, that you have to aim big. If you're going to do this, if you're going to spend $10 million to get rid of Archie, you're not going to fiddle around in the lower ranks. You're going to go try and find a big guy. All right. You had a little bit different thought on Beard than I did, but you, you painted a more compelling argument for why he might be interested well so. also i had to find five so okay. it's kind of you know <laughs> they thin out i believe it when i see it nice. but okay yeah i, I agree right. I, look i think that's a tough one i think it is but i also think that you know before yeah, before I, we I, let you i gotta come up with a round number i can't I, just go you know now before we let you go eric has something that he needs to say to you 
Yeah, Please. first of all, you're talking about the wrong beard. All right. <laughs> what is the deal with you shaving your beard again? Why can't you just stick to it? I mean, this you know, it's is a new ridiculous. day. The end basketball. I got it. You know, it's- you shaved before that news came it's, out. That's true. I shaved over the. Way. Yeah. I mean, just <laughs> stick with the beard. I mean, just go with it. It's like you're still trying to figure out your look. Look, so I Eric went with it. <laughs> See, but I can't compare to you, Eric. I got to kind of do my own thing. It's. I don't uh, like the back and forth. I don't like yeah. the wishy-washy. You want you want <laughs> conviction from our administrators when it comes to picking a coach and making a move. You need to be, you know, committed to your facial hair. I can't. I can't argue yeah. with this. I really can't. No, that was by the way. That was my third quarantine beard. Like, I know. <laughs> I, it's really frustrating. For I me. know. I know. No. So uh, I went out. I took Madeline out on Saturday night, and she didn't ask me to shave. I was just kind of like, "Hey, honey, I shaved." She's like. You look so different. I'm like, I, yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, the beard trying played. to do something nice. They, they can uh, say what they want, but the beard played. Uh, it did. Yeah. She never complained about it. She really mm-hmm. didn't. I complained about it more than she did. But yeah, see, here's the thing, Eric. Yours, again, yours looks so good that I feel like I can't. Oh, compete. thank you. By the way, thank everybody, uh, fan sided Twitter account at five Eastern. I am competing in a sports debate show. You need to watch because I need the, I need the fan support. Like, retweet, comment, make fun of me. I don't care. Just be there. Eric, when Ryan comes on, when he's on the clock, he has to use half of his time have, to promote things. I have <laughs> to promote if I'm going to do this. Coming on and promoting something you have nothing to do with. It's unbelievable. It's fine. It's totally cool. Like All right. <clears throat> Ryan, thanks for being here. Obviously, hang yeah. do you have to leave or can you hang for a little bit? I can hang for a few minutes. Okay. I'm probably going to have to leave soon. I, my wife and daughter are amazing to let me do this while uh, lots of so stuff is going, going on at our house. Hey, should, I, should I get should I get some cigars, Eric? Is this uh, Ooh, yes? <laughs> is this is this a moment that is uh, that is worthy of cigars? Well, um, th- so well. Here, here's what I want to say. Here's what I want to lead into you because I saw you post on Twitter thanking all the coaches. We said the same thing, and I, I do think you know as we kind of wind down this show here, you know, I, I do want to make sure that that point is made that we appreciate everything that these guys did. And again, Archie's not being let go because he did stuff wrong. It just didn't work. And so I, I appreciated that you mentioned that on Twitter. Yeah, I look, I'm wearing black and I got my hat because there is some, my head and my heart are hopeful about what's going to happen. And it's an exciting time when we've been as bad as we have been to know that the future is before us and, and it's before us sooner than we thought, many of us thought it would be. But I am also sad because these guys didn't do anything wrong. They didn't embarrass the school. They didn't Kelvin Sampson all over it. Um, but you're paid to win. You know, you are paid to win at, at high level division one collegiate athletics. And they didn't do that enough, but I do wish them all. Well, the thing that's sad is when you really think about it is all the support people. I mean, not Archie didn't just lose his job today. A bunch of people lost their jobs and a bunch of people who don't make $3.8 million a year. You know, some people who make like 45 grand a year you know, who use this as their, like, jumping-off platform to get into coaching. Yeah, the I mean, support those, staff guys and stuff. Yeah, look, people like Johnny Jager, grad man, you know, grad assistants, you know, that are getting their first shot, Brian Walsh, Drew Gladstone. Those guys will land somewhere, but it won't be here. They could and be kept by a they, – they could be kept by a That by doesn't a happen. That it rarely, but it sometimes does. It's a, but I, I feel – look, it's – I think we've probably all been in situations where our jobs have changed whether it was our choice or not, it's a scary time. And look, I'm not scared for Archie. He'll be fine. And he's got 10.3 million reasons while he, while he'll be fine. But you know, Kenya just moved his entire family after one year, didn't really get a chance. It's all, 
it's all everything, right? It's it's a human thing. But that said, we got a chance to be back to where we all want to be. Mm-hmm. I do I do have real issues with Ryan's top five list, though. I think there's some. I, it, look, Eric, Eric, let's be real. We all know what the internet is. We, we've got to put certain names there. They'll for, let anybody write stuff online. Exactly. Yeah. It's there's certain there's certain people that need to be included for well, no, no. certain I algorithmic have, reasons. I have no problem with the choice <laughs> A. Yeah, that's I mean look, screen. that's the big one. And that's that's the one I wrote most on if you read the article. I I think that that is number one and and that's the, the way, I mean look. What ahead. I was gonna say though, Ryan, is I actually think if you're Scott Dolson, you do want to publicly be turned down for that one. Because probably because yeah. either it's yes or it's no. If it's yes, you're a hero. If it's no, make it public so that you can say, I did everything I could to get him. Yeah. Like, and, and and what I told Jared is yeah, offer him as much as you can possibly offer him. The donors would be on board for that. I, I don't think anybody associated with the program would not be on board with giving him, you know, the A1 level contract in college basketball. I mean, it may not be what, again, some of these schools are private and, and hold their stuff. We don't know what they make, but yeah, give him everything because he's the guy for everybody. There's nobody there. I mean, there might be an outlier too, but there's nobody in Indiana who doesn't think that that guy should be the coach in Indiana. No, like, I, think you know, exactly. I think he's the only, like, look, I'm, we're not contemplating people like, Tony Bennett, you know, I'm not con- even contemplating. Yeah, like, like that. look, if Steven says no, you call Tony Bennett, you call Jay Wright, you call whoever. Just see, are, are you? I'll call a bad Tony week? myself. I'll call him. Yeah, just are, to talk. are you having? Are you having a bad week? Did Did you run into some right. traffic that you wouldn't have in a small town? Like you know, I mean, but I I think you're right about uh, Stevens. I look the Scott Drew one scares me the most. I'll be honest with you for multiple reasons. One, the guy didn't fix Baylor overnight. He's been there like 17 yeah. years. Okay, 17 years. He didn't get good and he didn't get good and stay good. He got good and then they took some big steps back. And then yeah. he's been good again the last couple of years. But it took him 17 years. I get that Baylor's different. There's also a long running joke of can Scott Drew coach. That can't be a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But there's another thing. Scott Drew threatened to deport yeah. Hanner mm-hmm. Perea. Yeah. So there's a couple things that are a problem there. Number one, a character issue. Just do you want an a-hole that's willing to do that to a 17-year-old kid representing your school? I got real problems with that one. Mm-hmm. I do. Yeah, number no, two, I get it. Number two, it's the Indiana Elite program that he did that to. Maybe the single most important AAU program that the coach of Indiana needs to have a relationship with. He will not have a relationship with them. It's the same people running it. Again, I, I, I don't disagree with you. I also think there's some room for people to come in and be like, reestablish relationships and i think that happens a lot like there are there were i mean tom crean pissed off a couple pissed off a couple coaches and then they wound up being buddies like i mean it was you know those relationships report one of their kids man i i that's no 100 fair i'm not arguing that what he did was absolutely wrong but i do think that you know there's room for people to say it. And those AAU programs shut off colleges and turn them back on all the time i think that that's an that's a tough one it is a tough, tough one to come over to, to overcome, but and just it took him over a decade. It did take him a long right. time to win, yeah. really long time. So I don't know. Can we also talk about the fact that like uh, so-called experts like Brian Snow, who just like seventy-two hours ago said that there was no pressure on Archie Miller's job? Yeah, I don't know where he was hearing that because I was hearing a lot. I, I was 
was I was hearing a lot of whispers that it was over. So I, I don't know. I, I didn't say anything at the time. I was like, wow. Well, that's just factually inaccurate. But okay. I mean, I te- Eric, I texted you last night. I was like, "Am I crazy?" Like, I, I was like, "Am I? Are you hearing anything?" Because I'm, I'm hearing things. Like, look, I will say this. I've said this for a while. I said it on our program too, and I've, I've said this to friends and Jared. I've said this to you. Mm-hmm. He doesn't make a move unless he feels really good about who he's going to get. Yeah, I've heard from two sources today that he's exceptionally confident that he is going to make a significant upgrade. That's it. They don't, not that he has his guy, but that he's going to make a significant upgrade. I think it's even more than that. I think it's that he's significantly confident that he's going to get a guy that he is confident in. And not not that like he's just going to open it up and here goes. I think he probably knows. Look, I think it'd be ridiculous if he didn't think that Brad Stevens was obviously A. So if he goes after him, great. But I think he's probably got a plan B that he knows he can get. And if he got him, he'd be really happy. And that's why he made the move. Yeah, so. and I've been I've been hearing for weeks, and and you know I talked about this off air with uh, with Jared and the guys, but I wouldn't put it on air. But he'd been back channeling guys for for weeks. I mean, he'd been you know ba- at least at least putting feelers out. And they any good athletic director is doing that all the time when things aren't going great. It's that's not a big revelation. Even with they wind up keeping their coach, they're constantly gener- finding what the interest is in their program. Who would turn them down? Who would say yes? Who'd be interested? Who wouldn't? They're constantly doing that anyway. But I had heard that that was happening for a while. Yeah. Did you so, guys also hear that Al Durham is Al in Durham. the transfer portal? In the transfer yeah. portal, I did see that. That could be the kind of thing. Let's be real with Al. That could be the kind of thing where he decides not just to just to hang him up. He's giving himself options. I, uh, kids did that in football could too. Be. Maybe, but decide, yeah. look, if Al wants to go play another year of college, I always thought like the same way about like Tom Brady, where he's like, I'm just going to play till I can't play anymore. Yeah. God, if these kids can play and you can stay in college and somebody's going to like allow you to play for them, yeah, heck hell, yeah. don't I do it. it. You're not ready to be a big kid yet. I'm fine with that. <laughs> like, totally. I mean, look, I, my senior year, I was not ready. I, I wanted I wanted another year of getting mm-hmm. And out, Al's you know, not going to make a bunch of money playing professionally really yeah. anywhere unless <laughs> unless it's a league run by Jared Morris. In which hey. case, Al would get paid a lot of money and be the number one draft pick. Top pick. <laughs> hey, I support our senior guards. All right, that is that is my you brand. You made a good point, though. I think on Twitter that like the love for Al Durham from his teammates has been in in the infancy of Twitter. It has been unmatched. Yes. I mean, people love him, and and mm-hmm. I've heard that from all the coaches too. I, that, yeah, he's that, a great kid. I've heard that I mean, from heard parents that who love how he took their sons under his wing and helped bring them along, you know, and just That's the nice. kind of leader and off-court guy that he was. So I mean, he, I, did. Yeah, he does I can park see. in handicap parking spots in, on Kirkwood, but, you know, everybody's got a Well, you can say that now. He's done at school, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, I this has been awesome. I am going to have to wrap up. There are going to be many, many more conversations coming uh, in in the coming weeks on our show, on your show, on lots of different shows. Uh, but it's been fun to, to be able to hop on and, and talk about this. Eric, your final thoughts on just, you know – the the decision by Scott Dolson to do this, to go bold, and then your kind of advice as we wait for what's next. I've had a ton of faith in Scott Dolson since they gave him the job and even beforehand. Uh, the, the phrase, he gets it, has, has been used ad nauseum already, but I think there's a reason for it. The guy, first and foremost, is a fan like we are, you know? Um, well, really like you and me, Jared, Ryan came to it late in life. <laughs> yeah. Let's be real. He grew up with it, um, you know, and, and he gets what it means to uh, a community of people to have that asset be as good as it can be. So I had a lot of faith in him. I think it takes big stones to make that call. 
in the time of COVID. Now, I never thought the buyout would be an issue. I really didn't ever. Yeah, I, I, I said it. I'm like, if they make a move or not, it's not because of the buyout. But it's hope. I, I am hopeful. The last four years have been really, really rough. And it's been the hardest four-year stretch since I've been alive in, in Indiana basketball by, by far. I mean, Tom Crean's three years were rough, but you always saw a light at the end of the tunnel. And that next year was so much fun, you know? That's... It was. And even in years two, like, you know, he got a really good recruiting class pretty early on with Jordy coming in and yeah. Watford and those guys. It just kept rolling. It never did for Archie. We got one guy here, one guy there, and we all squinted to convince ourselves that the next year was going to be better. And we looked for Ken Palm incremental increases to convince ourselves things were good when they were not. And the bottom line is you got to win basketball games. Like that is the one stat, by the way, that Ken Palm does not take into consideration. Wins and losses. It's funny, but it's true. Uh, And he didn't win enough. So I liked him personally, Archie. He was really good to us on our show. And I enjoyed spending some time with him at the fantasy camp in August way back. Um, I wish them all the, the best. Tom Ostrom is is a really good man. Mike Roberts is a really good man. I didn't get to know Kenya nearly as well. So I feel bad for those guys. But in the end, look, it's Indiana. So we got to win. And I'm just so hopeful. And I have real confidence that when we hear the announcement, and I don't think it's going to take too long, when we hear the announcement mm. on who our next coach is, uh, I think we're all. I think the vast majority of us are going to be very happy. Okay, I like it, Ryan. Any final it's thoughts? Good tease. You? you know, I think that uh, this had to happen. I think this day had to happen. I, I, you know, would have loved for it to work out with Archie. I, I didn't dislike him at all. I think I thought his philosophy was solid. I just we just didn't see the player and team development that needs to happen in the Big Ten year in year out to be to consistently win. And some of the things that were missing from his teams at Dayton carried over here and were a much bigger issue in the Big Ten. And so I, I think they all did their best and they all worked really hard and it just didn't come together. And there's there's nothing wrong with that. As, as Eric said, I don't hold any you know anger towards these guys. They did what they did and they tried. This wasn't. Kelvin Sampson, this wasn't, you know, burying the program. You know, these guys just didn't, it didn't work out on the court. And, and, uh, you know, some of the kids he's had are great kids and, and they developed them personally very well. But, you know, on the court, you, you just didn't win enough games. You know, to not be over 500 in the Big Ten in four years is you, you don't have a real good case to keep your job at that point. And yeah. so, and we've talked about that endlessly. And look, we all talked about before this year, this was his prove it year. And and they went twelve and fifteen and lost their last six games to torpedo out of the tournament. Um, that's you know that's all you need to know. Can I say two quick what, real things? I forgot. Sure. Yeah. Number one, my brother from another mother, Ward Roberts, the other Hoosier hysteric, desperately wants me to mention Eric Musselman. That is his big crush. He thinks that that is the dude that can get us back. Look, the guy turns around programs quickly. I'll he say does. that. And he's figuring out a win with how to win with Justin Smith. So, I mean, the guy's got some kind of magic. The other is, I probably shouldn't say this. I, I'm not like speaking out of school, but I do firmly believe that Archie being let go is our best chance of keeping Christian Lander on the team. That, uh, that, that's quite possible. And you know, here's the thing. I think a lot of these guys Makes sense. may feel like they have a, a, a connection to this coaching staff or, or not either way. 
they all just got a new lease on life with a new coaching staff coming in. And let's be real. It's, it's going to, there's going to be excitement over it from the fans. There's going to be excitement from the players. It's, <clears throat> it's just a renewal. And you see a lot of times when a coach comes in or, or when it, when a coach goes out, one of two things happen. Either all the players are excited or they're upset. I think we're going to get a middling response here uh, because of some of the assistants. I know we're really close with some of the players, but I would say that, I think when a new coach comes in, what tends to happen is the guys who were thinking about leaving in general wind up staying because there is renewed excitement around programs. That happens in football, comes into basketball. I would say there's renewed excitement about we can win now and, and guys tend to want to stay. It's, here's the thing. I always say this about free agency. I say this about coaches. I say this about everything. It's hard to move. And so that's hard for players too to, to move. They have to make a very significant decision. Uh, yeah. Unless they're not getting playing time. Just to dovetail on that, I just think the guys we really want to stay, we have more of a chance to keep. And the guys that we don't really want to stay, I think they may go because the new coach may tell them to go. Yeah. And And, and by the way, there's no APR issues to worry about. No. So the new coach will have a clean slate to do whatever he thinks is necessary to make next year's team the best it can be. And that will mean transfers in and out of the program. And honestly – like, look, Trace Jackson Davis isn't coming back. No, so he had, there's about a one percent chance. Yeah, and, to me, and, it's, and that's it is about small. Lander. You want Lander to be there, and you want Lander to play in a system that allows him to show what he can do. We saw saw flashes of it, but and you want him to develop. That's the other thing. You want him to get better, and well, I mean, you know, that hasn't happened so far. Well, and this right, let's let Jared go. Well, this leads me to the last <laughs> point. I appreciate you guys being here. You know, my my lingering regret of the Archie Miller era is always going to be that we didn't get to see the Archie Miller basketball that we were promised and that we saw at Dayton. That is the frustration, and that's why we held on so long, Eric, and as you said, squinted at the Ken Palm numbers and tried to make it make sense because what we thought when he came from Dayton is we were getting a a team that was going to play really good defense, that was going to be active and fast and have good guard play and use the three-point line well. They never shot free throws well. That was always a concern, even from the beginning, and that proved to be a concern. But the lingering disappointment is that we never got to see that because that style works. Unfortunately, the style that we got, Ryan, to your point about his philosophy, yeah, I think he does have a good basketball philosophy. We just didn't see it at Indiana. We saw teams built around big men that played a style of defense that didn't really hold up against the modern game and couldn't adapt. And that's the problem is we didn't see the kind of teams and the kind of style of play that we saw at Dayton or most notably the development of guards that we saw at Dayton. And I will probably spend a lot of time unpacking why, because it still doesn't make total sense to me why that didn't happen. But the bottom line is it didn't. And the Archie Miller era failed at Indiana after four seasons. And Scott Dolson had a window to make a big, bold move when the season bottomed out. And he made it, and I applaud him for it. And now I look forward to seeing where we go next. There's no guarantee that it's going to be better. But the track that we were on wasn't the right one. And so just going in a different direction is the best decision for Indiana basketball now. And I look forward to seeing where that direction goes. And we look forward to being here with you for that direction, no matter where it is. Check out Eric on Hoosier Hysterics. Check out Ryan at The Big Lead and all these other places that he's going to be. Follow my Twitter account today. Just do it. Follow, follow him I'll on Twitter. I'll have updates on what I'm doing. Check out the guys at Crimson Cast because they have a show. Check out all the stuff Alex is doing inside the hall. It's a new day in Indiana basketball, and uh, there's renewed enthusiasm, renewed excitement. Um, best wishes to Archie Miller and all the staff and all of those guys. We wish them well moving forward, and we wish Indiana basketball well and look forward to seeing where this new direction takes us. Thanks for being here, everybody. We'll have plenty more content to come, and we will talk to you then.
See y'all. We'll look at how AI impacted the COVID-19 pandemic and how we could someday suppress a global illness in a matter of weeks or faster if we're willing to accept a certain level of surveillance. I'm Malcolm Burnley, multimedia journalist and co-host of the new podcast, AI Nation. We explore the many ways artificial intelligence can help us solve problems and save lives and why we might not. AI Nation, listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five.